0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Welcome to ModPath Chat, the official podcast of modern pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Neto.
2: Welcome to another episode of our podcast. We're joined today by Dr. Jacqueline Heckman. Dr. Hackman is a molecular and gastrointestinal pathologist. After seven years, tenure at Memorial Swan Kettering in New York, she has recently joined Neogenomics as director of clinical diagnostic development. Her research interest is biomarker validation, including that of kinase fusions and microsatellite instability. Thank you, Dr. Hackman, for joining us today.
3: Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Neto.
2: All right. Please call I'm me George. Okay. All right. So uh, this is uh, a great uh, review. Uh, I, I learned a lot uh, reading it, and I'm sure uh, our audience uh, will appreciate it. Uh, and uh, by the way, it's an open access. And uh, so uh, everyone can, uh, can reach out uh, to the link and, and learn uh, from this. So we'll try to cover it clearly. It's an expansive review uh, as, as it should be. Uh, and We have only uh, a short time, but let's start with uh, giving us like a little mini symposium on, on uh, NTRAC, uh, which is uh, the topic of the review.
3: Sure. Um, So I got involved originally with NTRAC testing when there was uh, some large clinical trials that uh, some important oncologists at MSKCC at the time, David Hyman, worked there, who was spearheading. And I got involved from the testing point of view because it seems that drugs are often um, available either through a trial or FDA approved, sometimes before there's a good diagnostic test for it. And that happened with with a lot of these tiny fusions. So NTRK fusions involve there's three genes, NTRK1, 2 and 3, and these are receptor tyrosine kinases and that the that the genes encode respectively track A, B and C. So um,
2: that's easy. 1 2 3 yeah. A-B-C. 1 okay. 2
3: 3 ABC, right? Um, yeah. so like other kinase fusions, the kinase domain, the three prime domain of the kinase is used to either transcription factor or something else that activates and does downstream signaling, kind of like you see with mutations. Intrarch um, fusions have been around for a while. I think they were first described in colon cancer, um, mm. and they're diagnostic of certain types of carcinomas, um, so secretory carcinoma of the breast and salivary glands um, and certain um, sarcomas, such as infantile fibrosarcoma. However, when the trial started and there started to be um, profound and durable responses to certain drugs. It became very important to test for them. The problem is they're super rare in other types of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how this project began.
2: And so, so I mean, and and that's uh, that's a uh, point that I uh, I wanted to emphasize. So while they're very common and uh, even pathognomonic in in some of the tumors you mentioned. Uh, including salivary gland tumor, including pleomorphic adenoma, which, uh, which I wasn't aware, and IMT uh, and childhood uh, thyroid cancers, they're like less than 1% uh, in the others. But, but in those tumors, uh, you can go as high as 90%, 70% uh, as you listed in the table, right?
3: Yes. And so there's lots of different ways to test for it. You've got, just to go through them, hand-track IHC which just tells you how much protein is expressed, then you've got more, di- more definitive methods, such as RNA-based fusion testing, DNA-based oh, fusion yeah. testing, and FISH. Um, so there's disadvantages and advantages of these. At the beginning, when we started piloting it out, pilot, hand-track IHC, it was because of the turnaround time. A lot of these patients really need to get on the trial, they're really desperate for the next therapy, and the turnaround time for IHC is like a day. Whereas when you do RNA-based NGS, it can be two to three weeks. Um, so that's where that came in hand. But for IHC, a lot of the time you see this physiologic expression. So the protein is expressed because pan- because and and track A, B, and C are you know can be expressed in just certain types of tissues such as smooth muscle, neural tissue, and so for that reason, it doesn't have the specificity to be. Um, a conclusive test, but it has a good enough sensitivity, at least in NTRAC one and two, to be a screen. For some reason, NTRAC three fusions by Pantrak IHC are a little harder to get. Um, it's often focal or weak. Um, and so it's a little it's a little tougher for NTRAC three, but in general the sensitivity for Pantrak IHC um, is fairly high.
2: So just let me let me make sure uh, I understand. So it's a, it's a pan and truck the immunohistochemistry, right? So it's covering the expression of A, B and C and what you're saying but it's sensitive more sensitive for A and B probably than than C. Is that is that correct? Yes, that's right. So and and so the other method which is the FISH how is that does that also cover all, all type of fusions and, and one, two, and three genes, or or is that just uh, specific you have to do a fish for each one of them?
3: So it's each one. So while I believe you can probably make some and track one, two, and three, you know, multi-pro ones, um, these are break apart fish. So it's not gonna tell you specifically if there's a fusion, it tells you if there's a rearrangement, so there's a Correct. break in the gene somewhere. So you do n one, two, and three separately, and then you would need a minimum of three slides, but it would and still be somewhat great. fast. Um, however, because- on DNA, yeah, like, but you can still see rarely a rearrangement without fusion. It's very rare, but it happens um, occasionally. So n one through three fish can be really great for cases that um, are suspected to be secretory carcinoma or other carcinomas that are enriched in n track fusion. So that by itself is often considered enough evidence.
2: Excellent. And and when you're doing the immuno, you want to make sure that uh, you're, you know, I noticed uh, you mentioned some beautiful images in the paper where you're showing the pattern is different depending on the tumor. So you have to factor in the histology beside what you just mentioned that it can be normally expressed uh, in, in certain normal tissues. But even in the tumors, the nuclear versus membranous and all that. Right, right? so
3: that, those patterns actually dependent on the fusion partner, not the tumor. And it can actually really help you in terms of, whether it's something just physiologic expression or it's really representative of a fusion. Mm. So almost always when you have just physiologic expression, it's cytoplasmic. Sometimes the fusions also have cytoplasmic expression only. However, there are certain partners that have interesting um, patterns of expression that a surgical pathologist can note. So, for example, transcription factors, which often locate to the nucleus of the cell, um, have nuclear staining. So for ETP6 and TRAC3, we've seen a lot of like a nuclear staining for Pantrak IHC, and we didn't see wow. that with any physiologic. And same thing with another recurrent um, partner is LMNA, and that's a nuclear, it encodes a nuclear lamin. And so LMNA, like, um, has a weird nuclear membrane like pattern of accentuation. Accentuate. Even though it still has cytoplasm, it has that. And then for the tropomyosin ones, so that's another, a third <laughs> recurrent partner, five prime partner. Those ones often um, localize to the cell membrane. So there's certain things on the surge path side that can be picked up to kind of help. Um, it's still recommended in the NCCN guidelines, at least for colon cancer, that this is to be used as a screen because there's not that much evidence besides these, you know, these large papers that came out of MSK. Um, so it's still recommended that this be used as a screen. Despite the fact that some of the part that some of the patterns are very characteristic of a of fusion, particularly with a certain partner.
2: Got it. Very helpful. So, so pretty much uh, seeing nuclear or these specific patterns, you can feel more confident. Uh, not yes. only that, what what kind of fusion it is, but uh, as you said, not not 100% definitive, but. But uh, that you do have a fusion, or you do have some rearrangement. Uh, so touch uh, a little bit uh, before we we talk. Uh, go even more geeky and talk about algorithms and recommendations. Uh, uh, can you touch about uh, the resistance? Uh, do do yes. NTRAC drugs, how how good are they? NTRAC inhibitors, uh, and I know it had to do with the basket trial, as you mentioned. Uh, how is is there a good response? And then, so uh, although
3: this, like these inhibitors, entrectinib and larotrectinib are approved TAN tumor, the duration can be longer in some tumor types than others, and the main mechanisms of resistance, like you'll see with other um, fusions are point mutations in the kinase domain that block um, these small like molecule inhibitors from binding. So um, you'll see, it, I think it's like 623 is one of them, and it's 595 is another. And so these certain point mutations um, lead to resistance. And then there's drugs um, for those for the point of resistance. However, um, in GI cancer specifically, it's a little different. So GI cancers are really RAS-driven, um, and you've even, we've even seen, you know, for example, you give an EGFR inhibitor, and sometimes these subclonal k mutations come up. So that happens in GI cancers, which are RAS-driven, with n fusion. Um, uh-huh. So there was a paper published by another group, um, the head author is actually now in Miami also, but he's at University of Miami, M.E. Coco, who showed that, um BREF b 600 e KREF mutation, Meta amplification have all been found in different types of GI cancers ranging from pancreatic, so that, colon, and colangio.
2: So that way uh, the the resistance is by by mutations bypassing that by going downstream, just the downstream signaling is now mutated and and consistently activated, right? Despite yeah, the-
3: downstream or another like um, another uh receptor tyrosine kinase so met is the same level but there's still the mitogen activated um protein kinase pathway so it's still you know as you were saying same pathway but there can be different mechanisms and so testing Amazing. for n-track like point mutations won't really do it um and uh so these can be picked up like one way is by just testing the actual metastasis but there can be heterogeneity and resistance and CFDNA testing might also help with that because you could sample, like if you have multiple mechanisms, you would have Excellent.
2: multiple areas. Uh, so is uh, uh, amazing how, uh, you know, we're chasing mutations now that we have drugs, chasing mutations, the same pattern, same experience that we early on encountered with EGFR in lung, non-small cell. It's, it's happening with other, uh, other, uh, druggable targets. Now, uh, so uh, we'll talk a second. You, you touched upon the different methodologies and, and advantages. Clearly, the more expensive and complicated it is, it's going to yield uh, more information. Uh, but is there an algorithm that, uh, that is recommended now how to approach? Uh, can, you, can you just spend a minute talking about that?
3: Sure. Um, so it kind of depends on which country you're talking about. <laughs> so for mm-hmm. Europe and Canada, other places with socialized medicine, in these cases in these tumor types where it's really rare, they might do Pantrack IHC up front because the smaller NGS panels won't cover these um N-TRAC fusions. Mm-hmm. But in the US, a lot of academic places and um, other ones are moving towards comprehensive sequencing. So either with a very large DNA-based panel or hybrid DNA RNA-based panel. Well, there's not really a Great consensus on which one to first. Um, I think ESMO recently, yeah, there was a publication by ESMO and of Oncology that did summarize um, the, for Europe, you know, this is the European Society of Medical Oncology, their
1: recommendations. Mm.
3: So a lot of the molecular testing, either in the community or in academic centers, in the community, it goes to places, you know, like Got Foundation and other places like Kerist. So they're going to do a large panel testing and you get the n testing up front. So when you have advanced cancer, um, you're getting all the, the markers up front, TMB, MSI, mutation and NTRAC um, fusion testing. And I would be on the side that that's probably the best way to go for a lot of these advanced cancers because a lot of these, there's such a long tail of rare alterations to be able to test for them all test. at once is a little more efficient.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Then going back, back one, one at a time. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and it is in this, it is in the advanced cancers because there is a criteria when, when to test and when to consider for treatment, right? First, you have to have the fusion. You have to have the rearrangement to be, to be a candidate for treatment. Can you, can you expand on that?
3: Right. So being that this is a targeted agent um, and also you know very expensive, it, it's for when a tumor is unresectable or metastatic. Um, so those are the patients really getting treated with these drugs. Um but also entract fusion testing is relevant for secretory for you know, as I guess Diagnose. part of the diagnosis for, for those certain tumor
2: types. Who, for those where where it's pathognomonic, like you mentioned, secretory right. breast. Any idea why the secretory phenotype? Because it seems like to be a a, a secretory breast, secretory salivary and uh, uh, I have no to clue. And
3: I also have no clue why, like, PanTrack IHC isn't that sensitive for NTRAC3 because the FCOP is, like, proprietary. So, like, you know, like the actual sequence amino acid. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know wow. why the secretory carcinoma like, is, you know, well, that particular fusion. It's I a do project. know that there's other um, areas of enrichment for NTRAC fusions that the pathologist might kind of like, it might be useful to be aware of. So, for colon cancer, if you have a microsatellite instability high case, it's MLH1 deficient and you don't see a BRAF mutation, there's a pretty good chance that it will have a kinase fusion, um, one of various kinase fusions, but particularly NTRAC one through three. So those are enriched. Um, and those always are accompanied by MLH1 promoter hypermethylation, So it does seem like a parallel to BRAF e 600 d And then there's silent lung cancer. So silent lung adenocarcinomas seem to be enriched in kinase fusions. And then we had um, an interesting paper.
2: um, Island, as as you're, the the expected driver mutations are not there. That's what you mean. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so expected
3: driver mutations and a lower number of, a lower tumor mutation burden that is, you know, a lower tumor mutation burden. And in all cases, fusions kind of like are mutually exclusive with KRAS, NRAS, and d ref b and EGFR hotspots. So, so you when you don't have those.
2: You definitely want to do it. If, if you don't have those and it's low TMB, you don't have the common player drivers, that's when you should, those are more likely to, to show interrupt mutation. And we mentioned the colon and the colon and the, the ones that are MSI and BRAF negative, yeah. those are the ones. There
3: were three papers that came out at the same time for the colon thing. And one of them was from Emi Soko and me and uh, Maurice Beltre's lab. And then there was a Japanese group and another group in the U.S. And then for the lung, it was Rima Benayed from Sloan Kettering. Mm-hmm. And then there was another paper in breast cancer, where interestingly, um, the hormone-resistant breast cancer, so when, you know, starts to not work, those often had Chinese fusions, including n and we had a case with complete response, and that's in an Annals of Oncology by Dara Ross, Um, So there were lots of different, there is various different situations that people are starting to pick up where NTRAC fusions are enriched and it's just starting to like pick up in the literature because kinase fusion by NGS testing is still new, you know, the last four years, five years.
2: Excellent. I'm I'm learning. I'm amazed how uh, ready in your mind are all these papers and all these permutations. Uh, I'm so impressed. uh,
3: When you're passionate about it
2: excellent see i mean uh, for the audience especially the young uh, fellows and uh, this is uh see how fascinating and and uh, and important this is uh there's a lot of so, research left to do yes yeah. so let's let's uh finish uh, with a couple of words about reporting uh you mentioned uh, in in your paper and in your review that there uh, there's certain guidelines for how to report and uh,
3: Right. So that's, this, these things are really important for molecular pathologists reporting out DNA and RNA and GS, um, as well as FISH, and then for surgical pathologists reporting out the Pantrac IHC. So all the surgical pathologists, when you report the Pantrac IHC, it's important to know, you know that it's a screen, and it's not necessarily, you can't report Pantrac IHC as positive for n fusion. You can just say Pantrac is expressed. You can give an H-score, you can give the pattern. But you can't really say an NTR fusion is present because it requires confirmatory testing by nucleic acids, either fish or NGS. I see. Then for the molecular part, it's important to know if you have DNA-based NGS, whether or not it's like predicted to be in frame, whether or not the kinase domain is included, and what the partner is. So these things kind of help, you know, because you can have rearrangements, as we said, that don't result in fusion. And so if something is only involving the five prime domain of NTRAC doesn't have the kinase domain. You can either reflex it to an R to a an RNA based fusion testing if this is um, DNA, or be just be very careful in how you report it because to give this person an NTRAC inhibitor when you don't necessarily have a fusion, just a rearrangement of the kind of like uncertain significance, isn't beneficial to the patient. So it's important to note like what you're seeing in the rearrangement. It's not that's, as simple as a KRAS mutation, I, you
2: know? Yeah. No, nothing Nothing is simple anymore. That's. That uh, but, uh, but it's all uh, to the benefit of the patient and, and given the right drug to the right patient. And, and that's what all precision oncology and precision pathology is all about, right?
3: Yeah. You know, trying to match a patient to a drug that basically makes, you know, what we think of terminal cancer into more of a chronic disease. And so that's what... You know, what? We're, the field is really moving toward trying to manage these patients so that they get a good quality of life and live longer.
2: Excellent. And, and, and the response is durable. I was surprised, you know, the median two, three years pro- progression-free survival. That's, that's amazing because these are patients who have very advanced disease, like you said. And...
3: Yeah, it is durable in the majority of tumor types. In GI cancers, it's a little lower, around six months. Um, and specifically, the colon cancer patients, you know, these are, as we said, their microsatellite instability high. So they're also eligible for Pembro. And so, you know, like the oncologist will decide which one first, but hopefully they know the literature and what that Pembro also has a great duration. And so, you know, these nuances, whereas, like, you know, we know that NTRAC fusions generally have this great duration, but some tumor types aren't responding with as long of duration as other tumor types. It's important
2: to know too it's a very Thank complicated you. field as we keep learning this is uh, uh Jackie this is uh, great and and it just goes to the point where uh, where pathologists uh, especially molecular diagnostic pathologists how uh, they're more and more on the front line and patient management and and those uh, and knowledge of these all these nuances and sharing them with the clinician who's treating the patient, sitting at the table in a molecular tumor board uh, and all that. It's it's going to be more of a norm for all of us, and hopefully even GI pathologists. I mean you you represent uh, uh, how uh, the next next generation pathologists should be, where you do a subspecialty but also have the depth of the molecular, not necessarily do two fellowships or three fellowships. That's not what we're talking about. But to have the knowledge of the molecular in your subspecialty, to be a really critical member of that diagnostic team and the management team, right?
3: Yeah. And hopefully the next generation of pathologists, you know, is really bringing this – well, we're still doing a lot of research, a lot of this newer knowledge to the community too. So I guess that, yeah.
2: Very important. Well, thank you. Thank you. This has been a pleasure, and I know I learned a lot. And thank you for all that you do for Modern Pathology and certainly for this excellent review. And I hope to see you again on other podcasts.
3: It was all my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Modern Pathology, Springer Nature, UAB, or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions. Music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible.